Hey, welcome to episode 185 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Um, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps, ladies and gentlemen. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Uh, yeah, I know. Schedules all over the place. Uh, the episodes are coming when I can get to them. I know you're like, oh, well, you know what? All these other podcasters, they have such a consistent schedule. So that's why it's hard for me to stay committed when I don't know when you're going to post. It's like, well, um, some of them don't have shit to do, I guess. Um, But yeah, recording this at 11.04 p.m. Eastern on March 27th. Yeah, 2023 for the archives. One day. Yeah, we're on the episode number of... You know, what uh, some dudes be, uh, you know, when you hit that 185 on the bench press, it's like a landmark, like when you start like actually doing it for repetitions. Hold on, I'm going to zoom in on the camera. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah got to get a little closer to this sexy face. Um, but yeah, 185, I think that's actually the NBA combine, what they do, like for their bench press. And Kevin Durant's notorious for... Not getting a single rep. And uh, we all see how much that fucking matters. Um, which if I was seven foot looking like a spider wing, like I wouldn't be benched. Like I struggle, you know, that's like kind of my rep range right now. You know, that and the 205, you know, <laughs> 225 sometimes. Hey, But like, hey, I'll trade. If I, I think there's some people there. I honestly think if you were to ask some people. To trade the type of body types or skill set with like a Kevin Durant. I also think some dudes would hesitate. Because I think a lot of people are so self-obsessed with their image. And I think a lot of dudes would be very insecure if they had a Kevin Durant like type of body type. It's like, hey, you know what? Pay me $40 million a year. I look like a Chet Holmgren. I look like freaking a... Uh, I don't know, I look like a nine-year-old who's just, like, doing pushes for the first time. I don't give a fuck. Um, but it's a weird thing. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah. Uh, men. Aren't we beautiful? Uh, geez, this really bothered me how uncentered I am. Ooh, damn. But, yeah. You're, uh... Yeah. Little update. I'm, uh... Obviously, working and stuff, so things have been a little out of place, but feeling good. You know, um, I feel like I'm really starting to get back on track, really hold myself accountable. I think it's very important. Um, I think I talked about last episode, which I still need to post that. Jesus Christ, Clint, get your life together. Jeez, like, I'm, I feel like my whole life is just work, eat, gym, and go to the grocery store. Jesus, that's a big thunderstorm. Um, yeah, you see it. Um, but it's like, is this all that life is? It's just, I guess this is what they talk about, like the daily life type of thing, the working, the nine to five, working so many hours in a week type of thing. It's a, the trade off is you feel good with the fact that you can afford to do some things and 
buy groceries and kind of actually buy like real groceries like this is the first time in my life like the past couple months where i've actually had like a real fridge with real stuff in it that you actually have to cook in a pan all the time um i actually like cook shit it's weird when you hit that like progression in your life where you go from eating out like i feel like everyone goes through a similar type of trajectory like when you first move out and in your young 20s and stuff all you do is like the first like at least people until like they can't afford it anymore like the first three months you were just eating out every fucking day because you know you live at home with parents and stuff like oh no we're eating stroganoff and all this bland shit that's actually like very dense in nutrition, but no, I want to have the cookout every night when I get off work. No, I want to go, I want Taco Bell, like all this shit. I feel like it's always impulse to just eat out all the time. And then you start going through, I think everyone goes to like, damn, like when you really think about how much money it is to eat out all the time, like, oh, it's convenient and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, but you're spending like 12 bucks a day when you could go to a grocery store and literally... Like, with how much you spend at a week eating out every night, you could legitimately... And I'm just talking about takeout. God forbid if you actually eat at a restaurant. That's like 20 bucks each. There's this progression where young 20s, you eat out a lot. Because you're making enough money to support yourself, but not really. You're just thinking about, oh. Then you get to, like, your mid-20s, and it's, like, this weird thing where it's, mm, you know. I should probably start a... Sometimes situations cause you to force yourself to start really learning how to cook and learn how to actually really be a self-sufficient human being because you could worry about your health. You worry about just money. I think money will make more of a change in people than actual like health or life circumstances because like we all know the information of what's good for you and what's not. Everyone knows that cooking at home is always going to be a better option than eating out. But it's until you actually have to. Like it's like, huh? Eh, it's kind of time consuming, and it is time consuming. That's something I've been trying to work on. But then you get to your late, and you're like, you know, sometimes I want to eat out. I make okay enough money where I can actually have a nice balance and shit, but. The hassle, like now when you eat at home so much and you're saving money by cooking at home, you have a different relationship with eating out. Like I can't justify paying bullshit money for bullshit food. You go out to a restaurant and it may be decent food, but it's still like, why am I paying 19 bucks for some Creole pasta when I can buy like 10 pounds of pasta for like 10 bucks? With the sauce included, like, 15. And I can make all the fucking Creole, uh, Louisiana. I can make all the fettuccine Alfredo pasta for, like, weeks at that price. Weeks. But no, the scenery, the dim lights. It's all about the experience. Everyone's so obsessed with the fucking experience. And I'm so... It's always like the vibe, the experience. It's all about connecting. It's like, hey, you know what? How about we connect at a cheaper rate? Do you get more expensive car insurance because you want to feel connected to what you pay for? No, you get the cheapest one that's legal. 
You don't get this extra connect. No one's like, you know what? I'm going to justify paying an extra 150 bucks just because I feel more connected in security. It's like, you know what? I'll connect at home. I got Wi-Fi. I pay for Wi-Fi too. I pay for a lot of shit. Why the fuck would I not want to be home? This is a positive thing, by the way. And I'm saying for the young, for the young people out there, cook at home. Shit's great. It's honestly like I think I cook better than a lot of restaurants. I wanna be like I think I actually put realness into it. Like imagine being a chef at a restaurant, right? Like you go through cooking school, maybe you learn how to cook, and you're really like you're a self-made cook. Like you really had to go deep within to really build these dishes and build your type of flavor. Like, you know, they say everyone has a like chefs, they have a flavor to them. Like you can go to the same restaurant and have two different chefs different times and you taste the difference even though it's the same dish. So I just and now when I go to this restaurant, like it, it feels like it's so strict and innate of what they're allowed to do and not to do that it's just bland. Like I really feel like these restaurants are afraid to actually do some new shit. Like no one has new items on their fucking menu anymore. Like, I could literally go to Cheesecake Factory next five years. It's going to be the same fucking menu. There's nothing new. The only thing that's going to be new is, hey, brunch is extended till 4 p.m. on Sundays. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> they're going to have the same shit. And I love Cheesecake Factory. It is my go-to for first dates. Like, any... Like, honestly, it's like, I think I've taken three girls on first dates to Cheesecake Factory because it covers all bases, all right? You got all the the key to a good restaurant on a first date. When you don't want to do too much, but you don't want to pigeonhole in what someone may or may not like. So, you just go to places with unnecessarily big fucking menus that are like 12. You have to flip the menu like 12 times just to get to the alcohol. And when you do that, when you take a person to a place like that, one, even if the illusion that is Cheesecake Factory is like, man, for some reason with the way everything is set up, it's all about the environment. It's all about, man, this is a man with options. <laughs> you know, here's where this like, uh, these dating codes be like, take her to a restaurant where the menu is Full of so many fucking options. Because what that tells her is that you're a man that likes options. It's like, yeah, I do. Because, you know, sometimes I just, I'll get there. I don't know what I want when I get there. I'll probably get the same four things when I've gone to Cheesecake Factory the past five years. I'm sorry to talk about Cheesecake Factory a lot, but it's a gold standard restaurant. It is is the most gold standard affordable with good desserts, even if they jip you some. It's a little overpriced, but it's also fairly priced. So, and you feel like you're eating at a restaurant where you got to dress up as, but there's real, there's no real dress code. But for some reason, when you grow up, feel there as a family, you feel like you got to dress up a little bit. He's like, hey, you can't wear that. We're going to Cheesecake Factory. It's like, oh, oh, let me, let me put on my button up flannel. Um, but the, the, there's this thing where... By the way, I haven't even eaten out recently, so I don't know where all this is coming from. I'm just, I just want the young people to understand 
Stop eating out with your friends. Your friends are bad influences. Stop with those late night runs. You don't need to live the nightlife. You need to get in the kitchen and do what most women can't do these days anyways. I'm just kidding. Um, Even though partially true. But I would never generalize a group of people or a gender and say they can or can't do this. But for the most part, girls between the ages of like probably like 18 to 28, like most girls cannot fucking do simple shit. Household shit. And most men can't do shit either. So, you know what? We're all just shitty. We all can't do shit that we're supposed to be doing from our gender roles. And that's okay. You know? Someone's got to fill in the blanks except survival. You know? You'd be surprised. Like, I actually once knew a girl who did not know how to do laundry. I mean, like, didn't even know how to start a washer. Forget, like, putting the detergent. Like, you can accidentally turn some knobs and next thing you know, it's... It's like home alone with the furnace. (laughs) But you would be surprised how how many women can't do household shit. And you'd be surprised how many men can't do, you know, fixing shit. You'd be surprised how many men can't do life survival if my girl were to, like, break down the side of the road. What would I do? It's like, well, emotional damage control. It's like... Well, what are you going to do then? Be like, hey, well, you know, I always told you I would be your emotional support. She's like, I don't need your emotional support. I need you to change my fucking battery. You're like, but sweetie, I'm just here for your, I'm just here for your shoulder to cry on. I care about your feelings. Well, I have a feeling you're a bitch. And she's probably right. Um, (laughs) I actually learned of a term. I think it's called Minotaur, where it's this crazy, I forgot what I was watching, I think I was watching a video, and there's this uh, term for, let's say you're a guy, and you have a girlfriend, but your girlfriend has a boyfriend that's not you, and by that, she basically means the second boyfriend is always going to be the boyfriend that she actually likes and wants to fuck, and you're just kind of there like... Well, whatever you need. So never be the first boyfriend. Be the second. Um, and apparently, the this article that was so damning is like, it's this psychological mind trick to make you feel like if you're not accepting of your girlfriend having a new boyfriend, then you're the problem. Because their justification kind of rationalization of it was well she found the same things in you so typically we all have similar traits and types that we like it's like yeah but before i continue typically when someone has a main chick and a side chick or a main dude and a side dude in this instance typically they're two pretty different people otherwise why would you just want to fuck two of the same people why would you want to be with two of the same type of people? There's nothing fun about that. You're dealing with the same problems with less rewards. You want two different people to feel alive. Even though, honestly, by the picture of who they were using, it doesn't even seem like that interesting of a trifecta. Like, damn, like, she's got pretty, like, she looks like a low standard. The main dude just looked like a fucking soy boy. And then the other dude didn't even seem like a dude that was like, you know, 
Uh, charismatic. He just seemed like he was kind of there. But the thing that's fascinating is it's funny how people will find a way to make you feel guilty about something that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. About something that just seems absurd. And when something seems absurd, it's because it is, even if you are into polygamy or open relationships, the fact that your rationalization of me wanting to be cool with your new boyfriend is because what she liked in you, you should be able to bond with that dude because she knows what makes... It's like she understands what makes dudes be friends. Yeah, typically dudes who are friends typically don't at least openly coincide with fucking the same girl. Typically, you keep it on the low. One, the main, like, someone may know, but the other person doesn't, and you and the girl just kind of keep it like, hey, you don't have to know. The best if you don't. But this this thing where it kind of made it where it's a psychological warfare. And I think we live in this I don't even like to say society because I hate that term, society. It just means between us people. Um, where when something seems absurd, there's always got to be this crazy rationalization for why it actually makes sense and why it's actually good and why it's actually, no, you're the one that doesn't understand. It's like, I don't, you know what? If I have to understand this, I don't want to understand. Call me ignorant. Call me someone who's not open-minded. That is fine. Not everything needs to be open-minded. It's really not. But when we start creating, a, what is it, a minotaur? That's what it said, a minotaur? Sounds like a fucking well who just got fucked by a sperm well. Alright? Like, I actually got fucked by a mango shark. That's what it really sounds like. And it just makes no damn sense. But this article and like the rationalization of, you know, you should really actually listen to people when they do this type of things because they're not the ones that are kind of like you know going behind your back and dating someone else and then making you feel like you got to accept something that you're not really cool with accepting it's the fact that they were making like if you don't understand this you're the problem in today's world it's like no these people are the problem in today's world the fact that you think you can convince someone of something they don't truly believe in, and then guilt them into feeling it, because if that person doesn't approve or coincide with the bullshit that you're putting them through, then they're toxic. And that's why I hate this word fucking toxic, because toxic is such a generic term that means absolutely nothing. Let's just actually break down what people call toxic. It's behaviors that make you feel uncomfortable, but it's actually true in nature. Toxic is an excuse to actually undermine the situation that you may have enhanced to cause, but you put other people's characteristics on blast and just use a generic word called toxic. If you use the word toxic, it's this automatic safe blanket that, hey, I'm abstained from all responsibility. And honestly, any dude that I hear that use the word toxic automatically, I don't know, it sounds weird coming out of a dude's mouth, to be honest. I kind of make assumptions, to be honest. But, hey, I'm going to give that to myself. Um, Toxic is this term that I'm just so tired of hearing. 
Um, and there's obviously a place why that exists. Like, there are some really bad toxic shit out there. There are toxic people. But you are kind of what you attract. You are the environment that you accept into your life. And you can't say you are the king of your castle or the queen of your commandment. If you set a precedent where that is accepted, allowed, or most importantly, actually celebrated. Toxic is actually, quote unquote, something that makes things interesting. There, I said it. A little toxicity with someone is actually what makes it worth a shit. No one wants to be around someone who does everything right and has no sketchiness to them. You have to tell someone, I don't, you are not looking through my DMs. That's what you have to tell them. Even if there's nothing to be found. Because you have to put the barrier, that trust, is there to be broken. <laughs> you, have to, you have to place this precedent that your, that our trust is very fragile. And to me, you have to find a way to put it on them (laughs) that you're toxic for actually wanting to look to see if I'm doing some sketchiness. The problem's you. And then we use the terms insecurity, which is a generic term to just put on people when we just say we're not attracted to them, but we can't put a thing to it. So we just say, oh, they seem insecure. Like, who are we to deem who someone is insecure or not insecure? What is insecurity? I don't have the dictionary or even urban dictionary in front of me. But insecurity, when I think of it, it is not just as simple as someone who's self-conscious and very, um, who's very self-conscious and they're very, um, fragile about certain things and very close to vest. That's not really what insecure to me. Insecure is actually more of someone who tries to make things deemed to be something it's not. So they don't have to look at what they're doing to cause the situation. And I want to clarify, I am not talking about anyone in particular. These are just my generic life experiences slash information I've been not directly processing, but my observations of things that I've been kind of seeing out there. See, when you don't do the pod that often, when I come, I actually have like some real shit. Uh, the toxic boy's back. But I actually think toxicity in the purest form is actually was necessary to have a good friendship, to have a good relationship, to have a good anything worth the shit. Um, I'm not saying be unnaturally toxic. Be your naturally toxic self. Let your shit come to the forefront and accept it. If I could be... My advice to be... I know no one comes to me for advice, especially the young whippersnappers out there, but... When someone accuses you of being toxic... Um, it means you're doing something right. Because it means... The, you ever heard the term? 
The person who first accuses is typically the one who doesn't want to be accused. And I just made that on the spot, but hey, I had to be clever. Well, not really clever. There's nothing clever about what I do. Um, But those who are the first to accuse are typically ones that don't want to be accused. Hence, Jonathan Major's girlfriend. Um, (laughs) Like, come on. Like, do we really think, as a side note, like, do we really think the dude who's in Creed 3, who looks like a god, if he put his hands on a woman, we wouldn't see pictures about it? Because that dude would fuck someone up. And I know it's just a movie. They're not really, like, you know, hitting each other, even though they probably are, actually, sometimes. But you don't think looking at that dude, that dude would fuck some people up? Now, I understand also there is some trouble past and stuff, which is kind of weird how there's people that will voluntarily come out. Like that one bitch-ass looking director, producer, who put out a tweet immediately after uh, supposedly he was being accused for or jailed for putting his hands on his girlfriend, quote-unquote. And instead of, like, even waiting a day or two to let it process through people's mind, this dude's like me, like, oh, this is my time to shine. I've had this information in hand. Which, if you've had this information in hand, doesn't that make you someone who's, like, withholding information that could have saved someone, if this was true, from preventing someone to be futurely abused type of thing? It's like there's this local story in Georgia. I think it's in Clayton County. Where this like rainbow daycare. Like there was this 25 year old dude that was like. You know. Doing things to children. Um, trying to protect the algorithm here. He was doing things to children. And then the cover up between. His like aunt or relative who like owns the place. And then like a couple other people upper. Who kind of covered this shit up. It's like you withheld information. And failed to sh- report it. Which puts you at fault as well for letting it go on, allowing it, and letting innocent children get in. fill in the blank. And that's why, like, anytime I see these accusations, right? And, I, and I'm actually typically on more of the side of someone's being accused of someone, to be honest. I'm not completely just like, let's wait till, like, typically, I will make my personal assumptions, but I won't share it. I'll be like, yeah, they probably did, or, eh, I don't know. I think that's human nature. Sometimes we can see someone like, yeah, I can see that. Because I don't know, sometimes you just look at people, you see people in movies, you see people, how they interact, and you're like, I wouldn't put that past anyone. And honestly, I'm a believer that we're all capable of doing the best and the absolute worst. I think we are all capable of doing the same things that we condemn other people for. So, I think we are all capable of murdering people. I think we are all capable of, I think every man is capable, and by capable, I mean like, I think it's always possible that men, a man will put his hands on a woman in circumstances. I'm not one of those people that are just like, oh, I like, oh, they would never. It's like, you know, sometimes like in shit, um, it's wrong. I don't think I have it in me, but it's easier said than done. Like, you're not there. You, like, you don't know if your life's being threatened. Like, you have shit being thrown at you. Like, you're a human. But, so, I, I try not to be this virtuous 
um, over the top, like, it's so, like, it's wrong. Like, no one should ever put their hands on a defenseless woman. Um, And, you know, to be real, I think the biggest, as someone who's kind of growing in size in their body, and you feel the treatment of how you're treated different, and protection, and People come to you for comfort and love and all that stuff. Um, I think the biggest power you have is to when you have a physical type of prowess or power, any type of presence. I think the biggest strength or power you have is to not make vulnerable people feel vulnerable. And... I think there comes a responsibility, and that kind of comes with being like a protector. If you ever want to get married or have kids, being protector, provider, all that, you know, jazz. Um, I do think that the biggest strength a man can withhold within himself is to use his power for good, obviously. You know, it's like all these superhero movies and comic books. Use your power for good, not evil. And when you take it in, like, real life, it's don't use your strength to make people feel small. Use your strength to bring people up and make people feel bigger about themselves and better about themselves. And I just kind of believe that, uh, yeah, that was kind of a sidebar. But, yeah, um, I'm typically a lot more like, yeah, chances are I'm more likely, but I don't know. I personally, it, it seemed kind of weird, the timing of that stuff. Um, and of course, you know, I, I'll be honest, like a lot of that stuff, because of course, you know, since his girlfriend was white, it became about this, oh, see, this is what these white women will do to you, you know, all these things. And it, somehow some that always has about race has to turn into this. It's like, so are you saying that, let's say hypothetically, he did hit her. If he hit a black woman that he was with, does that make, if she does the same thing, and she, or let's say she protects him from that, something he did to her, right? And, but she wouldn't report it because she understands the perception and all that stuff. It's like, okay, but did you do the thing or did you not? So it's like when people are talking about this white woman, and if you were to reverse the roles, you know, black black man, white woman, vice versa, you know, whatever. Like, what do we really, are we really trying to make some race to justify bad behavior, or is a bad behavior just bad behavior? And I saw some of that stuff, it's like, it seems like a waste of time that people are going back and forth. Like, oh, these white women is like, well, he either did or he did it. It doesn't really matter if she's white. So if she wasn't white and she reported it, does that make it better? Does that make it worse? I don't know. That's where this shit, like, people's obsession to make everything about race with things that are very isolated, specific incidents within individuals and personal situations... Like, abuse doesn't really have much to do with race. It's you either did X, Y, Z, or you did it. 
I know it probably shouldn't be kind of, I guess, talking about, but like, let's just be honest about it. It's kind of weird. I think people, people's obsession with race is kind of making a lot of things really obnoxious to talk about because you could just be talking about something for what it is and it turns into something of what it's not really. So I don't know. Um, but apparently, actually, recently, like a couple hours ago, I think, Laura came out and said she recanted all of her allegations anyways. And people were saying, well, you know, should she have to spend time in jail for recanting her allegations? Well, you know, if he went to jail for it and stuff, yeah, absolutely. Now, it's one of those things where did she recant her allegations, which I think this is always fair. When you assume that things happen this fast. Like, it literally went from last night. Holy shit, it was like the bombshell report. He's being accused of this, that. And literally the next day, she recants all of her allegations. It's like, so is it really that it didn't happen? Or did, was she just completely lying? Or was it kind of a messy incident where he put his hands on her, but it wasn't violent? It was protecting himself? I, you know, I don't know. Or did something happen and he paid? And from a business standpoint, maybe Marvel, maybe his agency, maybe him. They're like, we'll just sell this outside of court. And, you know, maybe she's just trying to get money out of him. That's very possible, too. And that's the thing. We don't we don't know. So that's why when I'm going back to that producer, I forgot his fucking name, but it's like this white dude that looks like that uh, dude off the Food Network who's been there for like 18 years. Are kind of close to dude off Mythbusters. I think Alton Brown. That's the dude off Food Network. He looks like Alton Brown. But apparently, in your Twitter bio, when you put, I'm a director, producer, and stuff. Uh, and apparently, he's followed by Marvel. So, he's actually like a big enough person in the business. So, when he says something, I guess it may stick. Um, And he tried to say, oh, well, in the New York City community, where I guess... He went where Jonathan Majors went schooling from 2012, 2017, or, you know, where he worked, you know, whether that was probably plays or whatever. It's like, well, this was a pretty, like, open rumor that he was kind of a abusive guy. He was kind of, he had a, he had a very aggressive tenor to it. It's like, whatever the fuck that means. Um, well, if he had this reputation then how come his reputation didn't precede him? Because this was before he got big. So there was nothing really to protect yet. So what do you really... He had this... He had a... He had a reputation about him. Okay. There's a lot of people that have reputations that don't necessarily add up. Like I'll, be, like, I'll say someone like me... A reputation between people that I go across every day would be like, I don't know, he's kind of weird. Well, not weird, but like, he's really quiet. He doesn't make eye contact. You know, he's big and strong, but I don't know, he's just like, he's very nice, but he doesn't talk to you. Like, he's kind of odd. And you, is that really how I am? I don't know, in some ways maybe, but just calling someone weird and odd, that's not really a fair criticism. Because overall, I'm a pretty decent dude, objectively. 
But my reputation would be simply that, uh, you know, he's kind of quiet, keeps himself. I do a fucking podcast where I talk about shit openly. So, like, yes, that may be reputation in a certain aspect, but that may not necessarily be who I am. And I'm not defending whatever may or may not have happened. What I am saying is reputation, they say, you know, they say reputation is the most important thing that you can keep attached to your resume or whatever the hell the saying is. It's like your reputation is the most important word you have of yours. It's like, all right, um, I guess. And also, I'll say this. I hate when people just talk about, oh, I'm misunderstood. It's like, well, if you, you're not really misunderstood if it's a common theme. That's how you portray yourself to be understood. You're not misunderstood just because you think you're something. And a common theme is that a lot of people think X, Y, and Z about you. You're not misunderstood. That's just how you stood. That's who you are in their eyes. So if you're always misunderstood, you're probably a bad communicator of how you want to be understood. Ooh, damn, Clint, look at you. Um, that's the truth about a lot of that shit. And a lot of that probably comes from we live in a world where people are less and less social, so we have less communication skills, me included. Um, so that typically is how people get misunderstood. It's a lot more difficult times. And when we feel misunderstood, people typically get very defensive or offensive about, oh, that's what you think I am? Or like, oh, no, you don't know who I am, you know? So, the whole, like, he, he, and I also think, because he used the term, the dude used the term abuse. He always had abusive traits or whatever he used. Like, he always had a reputation of being abusive. I think the word abuse is used way too much because I honestly don't think, um, I like, I, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm not a believer in verbal abuse. Um, I'm a believer in emotional abuse to an extent. I think to me, I mean, I, I think as a woman, you can be emotionally abusive to a woman to an extent because, you know, if a woman's very vulnerable, powerless and. They feel like you could hurt them or do something at any time. Like they may just take emotional abuse and, but, and that's the unfortunate part. So as I say that, I probably sound like an idiot, but I'll say as a man, I don't think you could really be emotionally abused as a grown man, as a child, maybe, but if you're a grown man and you are going to file a police report that you were verbally abused. I think you're a pussy. Um, <laughs> like no one, like at the end of the day, when someone is saying mean things to you or about you, it's just that. It's just words. It doesn't mean they don't mean nothing. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a reaction. It doesn't mean you don't. But to sit here and be like, I was verbally, this guy verbally abused me on the subway. It's like, okay. So he just like yelled at you and verbally made you uncomfortable. Okay. It's not right, but it's not abuse. Like, unless someone put their hands on you as a dude, like, you you weren't abused. I'm sorry. Like, I think we were creating all these terms, emotional. Emotional, yeah, there is some emotional abuse that can happen. You may just be kind of emotionally weak when it comes to certain things. 
But I think the word abuse, because people just say abuse. And the first thing that comes to most people's mind when you hear the word abuse is using physical contact, like hands, beating someone up, slapping, like abusing a child. Like when I think of abuse, that's what I think of. That's a fr- I'm not thinking about, oh, well, did they uh, tell them they weren't good enough? Did this 24-year-old grown man tell this 30-year-old grown man, you ain't shit? You're a pussy-ass bitch? Like, like what, like, what are we talking about when we use the generic term abuse? Because you could cover bases and shit would come out, well, he never put, it's like, well, I said abuse, and there's a lot of different types of abuse, and it's a lot of, you're leaving room for interpretation, and you're not specific. And then people want to try to use the bullshit excuse, and this shit that bothers me, to be honest. And I expect to go off on this shit. But when people talk about, oh, well, I was protecting the victims. It's like, because they weren't comfortable talking about it. It's like, you know what? If I know someone that I give a fuck about, it's funny how people want to nitpick when it's okay to talk about certain things, to justify certain things. But what about if it's, you know, suicide? If you know someone's about to commit suicide and they tell you in perf- in privacy and like as a personal connection as a friend do you call you know the police you call you know mental hospital to come in and get this person inserted to save their life or whatever the hell do you tell someone or do you respect that person's quote-unquote respect that person's word and let them kill themselves anyways because that's someone you truly care about do you grant their wish of what they think they want at the time or do you do what any reasonable person would try to do and that's stop this person from doing something that they can't reverse and may regret well they can't regret because they'll be dead um so when you when when you know something right like let's say you know a family member let's say you know a friend and they tell you a specific guy who's never been charged he's no one even knows about it it's like well if he did this fucking report like do something like because letting this person let it happen to someone else, to me, is if you know about it, I'm not going to victim blame, but if a victim tells you and you withhold the information and you don't actually like genuinely in the moment in real time and then now someone else it happens to, quote unquote, let's just say, aren't you kind of responsible because you failed to report something when you kind of knew? That's where all this stuff gets kind of, it's exhausting. And I don't know what to make of it. I never get worked up about like legal stuff. Because I think a lot of legal stuff is just technicalities. That's all this stuff is. It's just technicalities. It's, oh, well, you know, they technically didn't say they got hit. They just said they got strongly injured. Like, it's don't, it's like weird shit like that. Angel's like, oh, well, it says that you fell down two flights of stairs, but your house only has one and a half flights of stairs. So, did you commit perjury? It's like, well, Jesus Christ. Um, I've had a concussion. I've been brain damaged for three weeks. Of course, I don't remember how many flights are in my stairs. All right. But no, like, seriously. There's a, um, uh, I don't know. Let's just get back to some type of semblance of a subject. Um, 
Yeah, I just feel that I I don't believe in emotional I don't believe in emotional abuse and I guess specifically for men cuz I believe as a dude like you have you hold the power of what someone can or can't do to you when it comes to verbal and emotional and how someone makes you feel physical Hey, someone beats your ass, they beat your ass, it is what it is. That is abuse, okay? You're just sitting somewhere and people start teeing off on you. That's one thing. But someone like hurting your feelings as a grown person, I'm not talking about like a 12-year-old child. Like, that's wrong because they're growing. They don't understand. Like, they're not desensitized. I guess the main thing is people are just too sensitive. Um and maybe I'm not, you know, now I say all this, maybe I'm not sensitive enough. I used to be very sensitive towards a lot of things. And I'm very desensitized through different experiences of life. And I think mostly for the better because you actually just can live more, eh, it is what it is, more nonchalantly, not like all up thinking about stuff too much. You just live and realize you can't control a bunch of shit. You, you just... I don't know. Uh, but yeah. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Woo, that was a pretty speedy shit. I just kept talking. Not a bad episode. Alright. Maybe record a second one tonight if I'm feeling the do. That was episode 185. This is not even a comedy podcast anymore. This is just like me actually talking about real life topics. I'm like a commentator on... YouTube without the skill set to edit. Um, <laughs> that was episode 185 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, and the notification bell on all apps. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And uh, yeah, enjoy your day, enjoy your night, enjoy your getaway with your night and shining boner.